This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the Senior Editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. School board incumbents almost always win when they seek re-election. Voter turnout is typically low. Board members mobilize their friends and close supporters, and they usually keep in close touch with any powerful interest groups in the community. Highly contested elections certainly do occur on occasion, but it's not very often that a school board member gets recalled and loses the recall election by a margin of 75 to 25. Yet on the day after Valentine's Day, no love was lost for three members of the San Francisco school board. Every single member went down to a crushing defeat. So what has happened in San Francisco? To discuss school politics and left-wing city, I have with me on the Education Exchange today, Joanne Jacobs, a reporter who has closely watched school politics on the West Coast for many years. So thank you, Joanne, for joining me today on the Education Exchange. Happy to be here. So what happened and how did it happen, this unusual event in San Francisco? Well, I think the the how it happened is 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 really interesting. Two people, uh, they were newcomers to San Francisco. Uh, they were tech people. They didn't have any political experience or political connections. One of them is an immigrant from India. He's not a citizen, so he's never voted. Uh, actually, that's not quite true. Non-citizens can vote if they are parents in San Francisco school board elections. So he did vote yesterday. And the other one is a parent. So Shiva's kids were in remote classes in San Francisco doing just really struggling. And Autumn's kids were back in Los Altos in in in-person classes because affluent suburbs tend to reopen schools more quickly. Uh, They were living with her soon to be ex-husband and they were doing great, happy, healthy, learning. His kids were really, you know, having trouble. And so they said, we're running a little natural experiment. We need to reopen San Francisco schools. And the school board, sometimes they didn't even put it on the agenda or they put it last on the agenda. So the parents had to be there at midnight in order to to hear anything about reopening plans. Um, And the superintendent wanted to hire a consultant to help with reopening. And he said, I need this consultant. We can't do it without it. There is no plan B. And they said, the school board said, no, um, the consultant has worked for charters. We, you know, so we're not going to, oh, and the superintendent had raised private money to pay the consultant, by the way. So it wasn't going to cost me. So a parent said, the school board doesn't care about reopening the schools. And the, the, the parents are going crazy. And, you know, liberal parents, you know, all parents were going crazy. They decided to do a recall. They went online and they got enormous support. These people, they had no idea what they were doing. And um, one of the things that happened was that the, uh, the three board members who were called, um, Allison Collins was the vice president of the board. She had deeply angered the um, Chinese community. First by um, the the board decided that the selective uh, high school, Lowell 
uh, would just admit students by lottery. Uh, you wouldn't, anybody could go, anybody could apply and the selectivity of the school would just totally change overnight. Exactly. And, um, and for particularly, there's a lot of low income Chinese immigrant parents in San Francisco who see Lowell as, you know, that's, that's the path to upward mobility. That's the opportunity for my child. And they want their child to be judged by grades and test scores, not by an interview or not by anything that allows somebody to discriminate against them, you know? Um, and they thought this was very much a too many Asians issue. Um, so not long after the recall was announced, which was a year ago, uh, some tweets of Allison Collins were released showing her saying very contemptuous things about Asians. And she thought they were allies in white supremacy. So that was pretty much, I won't even say the nail in her coffin. That was multiple nails in her coffin. And she, the vote against her was about 79% uh, of people voted to recall Collins. So, so was this mainly an Asian issue then? No, I would say um, there were a number of things. They, they, the board, um, while really, you know, just you know, doing nothing to prioritize reopening schools, uh, decided to rename the schools. And they had a committee that didn't do very good historical research. And so um, they were gonna dump a lot of names for stupid reasons. Um, they wanted to rename Abraham Lincoln High, George Washington High. And um, it became a national story. And many people in talking about the recall say, we were embarrassed. They made us a laughing stock. Uh, and some people say, well, you know, maybe we should look at some of these names. Maybe we should rename some schools, but not in the middle of a pandemic when you can't reopen the schools, you're gonna rename the schools you're not letting children into. And San Francisco was, has had um, relatively high vaccination, low COVID, and their schools were closed longer than anybody else. Uh, they didn't let, they reopened under heavy pressure from the state in the spring only for elementary students. So people with middle and high school students, those kids were out of school for a year and a half. Um, so I think, and the Chronicle actually everybody, well, the Bernie Kratz supported the school board and of course the teachers union. Um, although it's not clear that all the members did, but the leadership did. They didn't raise much money, very little. Um, but the, the Democratic establishment supported the recall. The mayor was really furious at the school board. She supported it. Um, some Democratic politicians who I thought were very liberal. Yeah, but then weren't they just seeing the tea leaves and they they saw that this was the, this this board had lost all popularity. Well, that, that was part of it. That was absolutely part of it. Um, uh, one of the recall organizers said, you know, the California Teachers Association didn't spend any money on this race. He said, they looked at it, they saw they were goners, they didn't spend their money. One of the, um, uh, a Chinese guy who um, said, he said, I was going crazy with my kids. I heard about the recall. He said, I contacted them and I said, oh, you need to translate 
your web page into Chinese. I'll do that for you. And he became um, very involved. Well, he works for the school district. He's a fraud investigator. So he's a classified staff. He's not a teacher. But he said, our union met to discuss our endorsement of the recall. And he said, it was kind of a close vote, but we, did, we didn't want to abandon the teachers union. But then we voted on whether we would volunteer time or donate money. And he said, we didn't do it. You know, that we didn't give any time or money. Nobody wanted to do that. Um, so, so why did they just why did they just recall three board members? I oh, mean, because only three were eligible for recall, according well, to the how bill. does the recall rules uh how, how are they written? It has to do with how recently you were elected. And so um the the organizers told me that if um they probably would have recalled everybody if they had been able to, although they don't think they are all equally bad, but you have to, to gather signatures individually. So it's not for each person you recall. Um, and, and so it's a huge operation. Um, and the, the democratic clubs were, were very helpful. The, um, a lot of, um, there was a lot of organizing in the Chinese community. Asians are about a third of the population in San Francisco. And they went, you know, there's a rule in 2016, they decided that um, non-citizen parents can vote in school board elections. Very, very few registered to vote. But they got the word out and they started to register the non-citizen parents. And, um, and I don't think that, you know, it's a huge number, but I well, think- What was the size of the turnout? How many people voted and how does that compare to other school board? Um, I, the turnout was not very high. I think it was less than 30%, but typically an election like this, um, where there's, there's, you know, very much, you know, off cycle, um, turnout is very low and people, really hadn't, you know, contested school. I mean, you know, it had flown very much under the radar until now. So everybody told me, we're never gonna do, ignore the school board again. We're never gonna, you know, just, you know, vote for someone we don't really know who they are. And um, people, um, you know, of course the mayor gets to appoint replacements. And well, does that explain why the mayor uh, was supporting the recall? All of a sudden, the mayor's going to have. Uh, well, some people would some people would say that that this gives a lot of power to the to the the mayor, but I have to say, from everything she has said throughout the pandemic, um, I'm a fairly cynical person, but I think she really cares about uh, educating children, and she's a black woman who grew up raised by a single parent in poverty and she went to school worked hard and you know got to be mayor of her city and um and i i think she wants other children to be able to go to school and get an education um san francisco has had um overall pretty good test scores but a huge racial gap particularly for black kids um, 
And um, the mayor, a mayor, the superintendent is, is a black man. He wanted to retire and they begged him to stay on for another year. So one of the reasons for the recall was because the new board will pick the new superintendent. And they didn't want to wait till November and then be saddled with somebody that the old board had, had picked. Of course, the, it's a seven member board. So the three people the mayor appoints won't be the majority, but um, I would say everyone thinks that, um, that the other members um, understand how angry the voters are and they're not going to you know, do something they're you're you're going to have more consensus. It's not going to be a four to three vote. Well, uh, you know, it, of course, we don't know who the mayor will appoint, but um, I would say that that Collins and um, Lopez, who were recalled, were considered kind of the leaders of the woke faction. Um, and Moliga, who was the third person, um, Really, I, if it had been only him, he would not have been recalled. But um, he tried to, and Collins and, and Lopez did campaign. They didn't defend themselves. Um, and he did, and he really tried, but he couldn't distinguish himself from um, the others. And the district's had financial problems. And so the other issue is financial mismanagement. Um, so there were three big issues. One was the Lowell High School uh, restructuring uh, to make it uh, just mm -hmm. another high school. And then uh, the issue of the closing of the schools and then the renaming of the schools. So those that that combination is what it well, I, yes, produced. I would say that three, but also the financial uh, problems um, there there and um, the state education department said to San Francisco stop with all these crazy lawsuits you're wasting all this money on lawsuits and they ignored that um, Collins was removed as uh, the vice chair of the board after the anti-asian tweets were revealed and she sued the district for 87 million dollars now, she gave this up, but uh, that really annoyed many, many people. And you hear people say that again, she sued the district for $87 million because they decided they didn't want her as vice. I mean, so it was many, many things the district, the board did to um, anger people. I would say to kind of show a contempt for, for people. Um, and they just um, ended up with, you know, very few supporters. So no, somebody told me that they offended the gay community as well by- oh, Okay, well, uh, they have a parent advisory council. It happens to be all um, mothers and all heterosexual. So a gay father who had been involved with the schools wanted to join the council. And uh, the people in the council said, oh, great. That makes sense, you know? So there was a meeting and of course, all the meetings are on Zoom. So now everybody knows that they can go to the meetings. 
And they spent hours and hours and hours. They never asked him a question. They never spoke to him. It was all about the fact that he is white. And therefore they decided he wasn't diverse. So they finally rejected him for not the gay father for not being diverse. As I said, the Moldiga, who um, is a Pacific Islander, uh, is kind of, he doesn't do that. You know, he, he's not a, uh, he knows how to talk to people and, you know. And then um, Lopez said, neither of them wanted to talk about learning loss. I believe the term they like is learning opportunity. But um, so Lopez said, oh, students haven't, haven't lost learning. They're learning about their families and their culture, you know? And again, people who were going nuts because their kids, you know, used to be decent students and now they're failing, were just, you know, very, very angry. So what I don't quite understand is why was the school board so adamant that they, that they were not gonna open the schools? I mean, uh, it, they, if there's this much demand for it and the state is supportive of this, uh, why are they um, holding out like this? It, I would say that's a bit of a mystery why it was worse than in other places. Clearly in San Francisco as elsewhere, you had more um, concern about the health risks by uh, black parents, and I would say probably by Hispanic parents. Um, and you had pressure by the, the teachers union to be, you know, ultra, ultra cautious. But I have to say, I, I'm not really sure I can answer that because, you know, th those pressures existed in many other places. And San Francisco had a very good, you know, their, their COVID problems were far less severe than in many other places. Um, so I am, I can't really answer that, but I think there was a sense in the district that it wasn't a high priority. Um, oh, the other thing that happened was that the mayor was very concerned about um, kids not learning in remote education. And of course there were huge childcare problems for parents who were essential workers. So she got the city staff to work very, very hard to set up learning hubs for where kids could do their remote learning and they could play and have meals and you know, childcare. And the school board, they wouldn't open any schools. They wouldn't open school playgrounds. They didn't cooperate at all. And, you know, the city is working with community groups and they're, you know, I mean, they're to do the best they can and the school district won't let them use the facilities. And, and that to me was an insanely stupid thing and I can't really explain. Well, thank you, uh, Joanne, uh, for uh, sharing these stories. They add uh, so much to our understanding of just how this recall happened. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the mayor responds to this opportunity to uh, construct a significantly different uh, school board. So I appreciate your uh, joining me on the education exchange. Yeah, I, I, I will say, I know people will equate it to Virginia and don't expect San Francisco to vote Republican. 
I, I, that's not what's happening. This is. Well, I should uh, ask you this question now that you mention it. Was critical race theory ever an issue uh, in this uh, in this recall? Well, to be honest, they weren't teaching anything. So, you know, <laughs> I think parents would have said, teach critical race theory, at least you'll be teaching. Uh, you know, nobody was really talking about that. I think the rhetoric um, that the board was using about calling things white supremacy um, annoys many people. And so, you know, at that level, but the actual, what are the teachers teaching? I swear, I just don't think anybody was. Um, talking about that because they felt the real problem was um, kids didn't have access to teaching. Well, and people are really quite, quite liberal, left liberal in San Francisco. Um, well, yes, this, that's actually what makes this interesting because no matter how liberal you are, you still want your children to go to school and, they, and, and to learn something. And, and uh, I think a school board, <laughs> should keep that minimum in mind. Yeah, it, it, uh, the, the, the San Francisco Chronicle endorsed the recall and the word they used was competence and, uh, uh, or incompetence and, and, and everybody picked that up and they would say, no, it's not like Virginia, it's incompetence, you know? And, you know, if you're gonna be way out to the left, farther than even your liberal, you know, community, you at least should be competent about it. And they couldn't manage to, um, to do that. Um, well, thank you, Joanne. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's, it's, it's astounding that, um, as I say, two nobodies got this thing going, uh, but then everybody jumped on the bandwagon. And um, yeah, Well, it shows what you can do as an individual. Just one or two people can have an amazing effect in politics if the, if the timing is right. And, uh, it certainly was for these two in San Francisco. I've been speaking with Joanne Jacobs, a reporter who has her own blog, joannejacobs.com. Uh, you want to go to that and keep up to date on breaking developments. Thank you, Joanne, for joining me today on the Education Exchange. Good to talk to you. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.